0: This year, I challenged myself to be as unfiltered and real as possible on this podcast, so today I'm really putting that to the test as Neil and I share our most unpopular opinions. The point of today's episode isn't to persuade you to think just like us in all aspects of life, but hopefully to just encourage you to stand out, speak up, and be different from the world. Be okay with not going with the flow of the world. I promise you that as you stand for something in your homes, in your private lives, in your conversations, in the way you live and teach and lead, you will find greater happiness. Unpopular opinions are what we're going to talk about today. And the reason why this topic came came about is because I have a reel that is going viral and not in a good way. <laughs> so I put this reel together of my tips on what to do if you're taking young girls, if you want, like if, if your values align with mine and you want to avoid some F-bombs and some very suggestive dancing, what you could do. And the only reason I shared this is because I took my girls to the Taylor Swift movie with my mom. She was in town. We loved it. We had a great experience. But because I had been to the concert myself, I knew what was coming. And I knew that there were a couple of songs that I wanted to avoid. One being Betty, because there are some blatant F-bombs in it, which there's some other swear words sprinkled into her lyrics here and there, but I feel like they're not that noticeable if you don't know every word to every song. But for that song, they're so blatant that it actually jarred me a little bit when we were at the concert because I had only heard the edited version of Betty cuz that's what we listen to in our house. I just said, "Okay, here's the game plan. When that song comes on, we're going to get up and walk out and then one other song toward the end called Vigilante that I was like, we're going to get up during that one too cuz I just didn't feel super comfortable during the concert on that song and I wanted to avoid it. So I shared that in stories. And so many moms responded and said, will you please put this somewhere where I can save it? Or will you share it again? Or will you save it to a highlight? So easiest thing for me is to just do a quick reel. So I just took those videos that I had posted to stories, made a quick reel, posted it, didn't think really too much about it. And people on the internet are going off about it, saying things like, here's some of the top-liked comments. Your kids will be fine. Taylor is a fantastic role model. It's a great time to teach them that a few cuss words doesn't make a person bad. Loosen up just a tad. I didn't say that cuss words made people bad people. And I think that there are so many great things to learn from Taylor Swift. But I also think that you can choose as a parent what you want to expose your kids to or or what you want to encourage. Because by sitting there listening and singing along to songs that don't align completely with my I mean let's like maybe I'm just super old fashioned, but like the F word guys with like an eight-year-old, come on. I mean, I don't think I heard that word until I was at least in middle school. And I did grow up in a much more conservative area of the United States of America. I'll give you that. And and my kids are growing up in Southern California. So for sure they've heard that word before, which somebody said that in the, the comments too. They said oh no, this was one of my favorites too. You're going to be a grandma in 10 years or less. I said, my heroes are all grandmas, so that's okay with me. But somebody else said, and this comment got 1500 likes. I promise you that your children have heard the F-bomb before. That is not the point of what I was, th- literally the point was just to say, hey, if this helps you, if you would like these tips too, here's where I walked out and took a bathroom break. Because honestly, the movies, two and a half hours long. So if you're sitting there drinking soda and eating popcorn like we did, you're going to need to take a bathroom break once or twice. So why not time it where it suits you? I don't know. For me, I just was like, let's walk out where, and I explain this to my girls. There's a couple of songs that there's some language or some dancing that is not like wasn't my favorite and made me a little uncomfortable during the concert. Let's just take bathroom breaks during those songs. And they were like great. They were all all in on that on board, didn't push back at all, didn't fight. And my girls don't want to hear that kind of language either. Like that is also offensive to them. Like they don't like swear words. So and will that change down the road? I don't know, maybe. But they're 8 and 10 years old. Like they're kids. And there's a reason why Even in the most liberal Hollywood version of a rating system, there's a reason why the rating system is PG-13. Okay, my kids are well below that, 8 and 10 years old. But what's your perspective on this, Neil? Because I feel like you bring a little bit of a different perspective because you had a very different... Anytime that I'm like, oh, yeah, didn't you watch this movie or didn't you use this music? Neil's always like, we had very different childhoods.
1: Yeah. No, very extremely different. Uh, youngest, I mean, just with this opener, you can kind of imagine. Youngest of six boys, like six rowdy boys. And half of my brothers, there are my mom was married, had three kids, and then was divorced, met my dad, and then had three more kids. So uh, I was the youngest of all of those. So half of my my brothers were significantly older. So there's this huge age gap. We're kind of rowdy. So I grew up a very, very different situation. I mean, I I was reading journal entries from my dad from when I was a little kid and he was talking about things that I was saying in church, like in like the main part of what they would call like sacrament meeting. Like I would just like shout out swear words because I learned them from the neighbor kids taught me how to say these things. And or other things like that. So it was just a very different experience. And so I I understand the school of thought. And I remember thinking a lot of in, in along these lines of what these people are saying in their comments. I remember in high school getting a CD of a band that I really liked. And it was somehow, I don't know if a friend gave it to me or what happened, but it was edited or I bought it and I didn't know. And I remember being so frustrated, like, oh, that's so lame. Like, this is edited, you know, like being so mad about it. And and that was kind of the way that I thought growing up at that time. But I think after I made a decision to go on a, a mission for our church, which you're focusing your time all day, every day of like really trying to be connected to God and go and talk to people about Jesus Christ and even to prepare to go on a mission or serve a mission, you have to meet like a, a really, there's a higher standard of what we call worthiness, but like you're, you're trying to, to live in a way that's closer to Jesus Christ. So there's a, a process to prepare yourself to get ready for that. And so after really trying to change a lot of my own personal things, clean things up and, and be prepared to do that, and then going and and serving 24/7 for 2 years and really trying to get close to God each day it changes you and it changes the way you think what i learned from that experience and other multiple other experiences is that what i do each day spiritually speaking like if i'm trying to pray or read or do things that make me feel good. I mean, it talks about in the Bible, like whatsoever is, is actually Coach Prime just quoted this scripture. Oh, yeah. Pull it up. But when but his, up, Coach his... Prime just barely quoted this. But it, whatever things are good or of praiseworthy or whatsoever is is of good report, like we should be seeking after these things. And so trying to abide or live close to principles, actions, activities, things that are going to bring me closer to God, I realized that I feel better. I feel better connected, but in the inverse of that, when I do things or say things or speak in ways that are farther away from that standard that's talked about in the scripture that Colonel read, that spiritually, I feel more distant from God. That's the principle that I learned to live by, which I think is just a universal truth like that I've come to, to find. Um, and so yeah, swearing, maybe that's a different people have different views on that and like, uh, that's no big deal. And that's, I remember thinking that way, but what I noticed is each action, everything that I can do to stay closer to, to God, and even in the little things, it helps me it helps that connection to be clear and to be stronger. I think children especially are really close to God in that way and really have a strong spiritual connection and they're therefore I think they're more sensitive to things that that throw it in the opposite direction the same way that I wouldn't show like a horror movie to <laughs> exactly. my little kid, you know. And and I remember seeing horror movies when I was like really little and just how disturbing and like that just kind of really threw me as a young kid, because you're more sensitive to it. So that's kind of the principle and that's the why behind why we choose to pull our kids out of a movie if they're swearing or not, or try and do things that are going to bring us closer to God.
0: Well, it was important for me too to talk to my kids about, listen, you can be, still participate in things in the world, but we don't have to be just like the world standards. And so that was, instead of just saying like, we're not going to this movie because there's some inappropriate things in it or things that I don't want to show you. I said, let's go. Let's have a great time. And then we got to take a couple bathroom breaks anyway. And they were totally on board with that. And the point isn't to say, and this is how you should parent too. The point is to say that you should do whatever you feel good about, but don't let the world, like all these people that are leaving these mean, nasty comments to me about how stupid I am. This is the stupidest thing they've ever seen. Like, do you really think your kids haven't heard this? A lot of comments too about like, your kids are going to rebel because of this. Like really? Because I didn't have them sit through the part where there's like blatant F words when they were eight and 10 years old. I'm not too worried about that. Oh, and I was trying to find where Coach Prime talked about if there's anything of good report or lovely or praiseworthy. It must have been in his stories because it's not in a post that I can reshare. But what Coach Prime was quoting was Philippians four eight, which says, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. One of the unpopular opinions we're going to talk about is aligned with this, where You can't say that good is bad and bad is good, but that's kind of what people are trying to tell me, like that doing something good for my little kids is bad (laughs) and that bad, like these F-bombs are good for them. It's just funny. Like you can twist and convolute things as much as you want, but it's not going to make it right or true or like the Bible says, lovely, virtuous, good, report, praiseworthy. And if you've ever seen a Star Wars movie, I mean, that's a completely out of the gospel, but great example of there is light and dark in everything. There's good versus evil. So trying to say that good is bad and bad is good isn't going to make it so. That was an unpopular opinion that you brought up was you create your own truth. Own your truth. Yeah. And why did you bring that up?
1: I brought it up because I hear it a lot which i i it's hard because i i see kind of what people are thinking with it where it's like hey be yourself be free to be yourself don't feel like you have to to be held down by something or i've watched people go through this process i mean even for me i think initially with some of the the cultural things of of faith or religion like that that really had nothing to do with the my faith my religion my actual religion but the culture of it or people within the church i had to kind of i went through a process when i got into recovery of kind of like differentiating between those two and seeing it more clearly and seeing wow okay this really wasn't had didn't have anything to do with like doctrine or faith of my church it was just this person's interpretation of something and how that made me feel i felt all these negative shameful feelings and And because of that, it maybe contributed to something negative for me. So I get that part of it. But at the end of the day, I think I love what um, the president of our church, President Nelson, he says about that. And he says, many on earth today are only kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. Some would have us believe that truth is relative that each person should determine for himself or herself what is true such a belief is but wishful thinking for those who mistakenly think they will not also be accountable to god and he says god is the source of all truth so understanding that there are there is good and bad in the world there is right and wrong which there has to be in order to make a choice you've got to have two choices or that are in opposition to each other. So you do have to have good and bad. And that's why it exists on the earth to give us agency to choose. But I think that the, just this notion of like, why just make up my own truth. And as long as I'm living by whatever that is, then, then that's truth. I'm right. And, and that with a lot of these instances of like, look, I think there is good and bad, like if you, if you believe that like running red lights, like that's my truth, like, <laughs> Hey, I can run a red light and I feel like that's okay and I can do it anytime I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, regardless of the circumstances, that's my truth. That's the true principle is I can run a red light. Like, yes, you can believe that. And yes, you can do that. You have the agency to do that. Is that right? And and is that going to cause problems? It's like, well, I just disagree with with the law. I I think that that's their truth or other people's truth. There's there's a reason why that law exists, and if you violate that law, there are consequences that are going to happen and come about, and that's why that truth exists. So if if that's you take on that, okay, I don't believe in red lights. You're going to cause an accident. You're going to kill somebody. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your family. Likewise, People are all about
0: the relative truth until they get accused of something that's not true or that didn't happen that way. And then everybody's about the truth, right? Like what really happened? What yeah. is fact? What is honest? Truth is
1: truth is, is consistent. Is There are true principles. This is a a popular one that's becoming so popular, and and it's like, okay, liberate yourself from the thinking of your youth or what others would impose on you. But when there are truths that are, I don't know, that are true, that there are true principles, I think truth is true.
0: And there's laws, right? There's like the law of gravity. There's the law of reciprocity. There's so many Things that are, whether you like it or not, and whether you believe in a certain higher power or not, there just are consequences to actions. And there are if you run enough red lights in your lifetime, eventually you're going to get in an accident. And so this is where I think that people want to choose their own consequences, choose their own path, and think that and and everyone can choose their own path, and that's such an essential part. Of life is just having that freedom to choose, but you don't necessarily always get to choose the outcome or choose the consequences. And that is where I think that truth is not relative and it's not changeable because there just are there are opinions and there are beliefs. Sure, and I think we can all be tolerant and accepting and loving of each other's different belief systems that's a hugely important part of both mine and neil's belief system is that we respect and love and have tolerance and patience and kindness toward everyone at the same time you don't get to choose to be like in my opinion and again this is an unpopular opinion but in my opinion it is to say that you can choose truth or right or wrong is almost to say that you get to be god And that you get to just kind of decide how this world works and how it all balances out. And in my opinion, in my unpopular opinion, there is a difference between truth and false lies and right and wrong. And I believe in the Bible that when Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, you know, I'm the way, I'm the truth, the light, how I'm getting that wrong, but in that order, But he said that, because, and it was essential that he said that, that if you follow me, that I'm the truth, and that's what we believe, as unpopular as that may be.
1: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you.
0: Another unpopular opinion that you and I share is the lie that someone is going to come in and complete you. Like the lie that Hollywood tells of, you complete me.
1: I actually wish that was true. That would just make it so What much are you easier. trying to say?
0: I didn't complete you?
1: You do, but, but not okay. in the way that they. That no, it's portrayed we, in romantic comedies.
0: Right. Well, in all romance. And we believe very i i think this is a very different belief than the world wants to believe that definitely that hollywood makes millions off of is that there is some mystical creature out there that is your better half that when they come into your life everything is just going to make sense and the roses are going to smell more rosy and life is just going to be easier and better and the truth is If you've got stuff that you haven't worked on before you meet that person, meeting them is not going to make that stuff go away. Self-development doesn't just dissolve once you meet your perfect person. So whatever you're bringing in is probably actually going to get magnified once you get married because marriage is hard in a lot of ways. This was interesting. I asked my therapist once, like, because somebody said to me, Do you and your husband actually fight? I had shared it in a meeting that even when we have arguments or disagreements now, that all this stuff from the past doesn't come up because I've done the 12 steps and I did the work to let it all go. And he said, Do you actually still, do you guys actually fight? Because my wife and I never fight. And I was like, Really, never? And he was like, Nope, never. And they had been married for a really long time, they have a pile of kids. And I asked my therapist, is this real? And she just laughed and said, in all of the decades that I've been doing work with people and have known what everybody else doesn't know about them, when you go under the hood or whatever you call it, you know, and you see what's actually the inner workings of a marriage and a family and what's going on behind the scenes. She said, I can count on one hand the amount of couples that I know who truly actually never fight. And she said, it's one of two things, either they're in denial and so they just don't deal with conflict at all or they have something that's so gnarly in their life that, you know, like a child with a serious, serious health condition or something else that's just such an enormous trial that there's no room for conflict in their life because that other thing completely takes over everything in their life. But she said that's extremely rare. So my point in bringing that up is that marriage... Is beautiful and wonderful and so many great things, but it is not the magic wave your wand fix to whatever problems that you have in life before you get married. Right, Neil? <laughs> no, I would
1: agree. No, well, and that's what I thought for I'm like, okay, I'm looking for this person that's gonna come in and and just fix me and and feel I'm gonna have just this great euphoric feeling like all of the time. And I think that's something you taught me is like, look, marriages work. Like, you have to apply yourself. You have to, good marriages aren't, like, they don't just happen. They are developed. Mm -hmm. And I think that I didn't realize that. And I think had I not realized that, I'd probably still be single because I'd still be like, ah, this isn't creating what I thought, this relationship. And that's what I did while I was dating. I was like, oh, this isn't creating what I am expecting, Uh, the result that I'm expecting of feeling euphoric all the time and like this person is perfect and i'm everything is great and i think getting into recovery and learning more about when people get really honest and the chat about the challenges and the feelings in their relationship i'm like man this is really how it is for for everyone like everyone's working at this thing and trying to get better and there are like you have to compromise and you have to Bend a little bit toward the other person, and and be accepting of their flaws, and and they be accepting of yours, and working through and working together, and and I think a lot of it comes down to choice. And and someone's I I, think, I remember somebody talking about that when we were engaged. They're like, look, choose your love and, and love your choice. I can't remember who. There's a,
0: oh, that's Hinckley, Hinckley. that said, choose so your love a, and love your choice. One of the choice. prophets
1: of our church, one of the leaders of our church, he said, choose your love and love your choice. And I think you do. And you have to do that every day. And it's not just a one-time thing like one and done, or it doesn't just naturally happen in most instances from what I've experienced and from what I've seen.
0: Okay, next unpopular opinion. This one might sting a little. Your parents aren't responsible for your adult problems. (laughs) And I say that because I've just come across so many people who love to wax poetic about how they were so mistreated or their childhood did them wrong or their parents were this, that, or the other. And that is not doing anyone any favors. And newsflash, most of us didn't have perfect childhood. Some people will say like, yeah, I had a pretty awesome or pretty ideal growing up, but I guarantee you that's not because their way of being raised or the circumstances in their childhood were actually perfect. It's because they have the outlook of gratitude and of looking back with the eyes of seeing things in a positive light. But I mean, I know someone who is a grandparent, grandparent age, and their broken record is my parents did me wrong. This is, this is why I am the way I am. And here's my unpopular opinion, newsflash, wake up call. When you're, <laughs> when you're like in your 60s, it's probably time to quit blaming your parents for your problems. Or even like as when you're an adult and you have the time and the decisions and the opportunity to like read a book or do some self-development work and stop choosing to blame your problems on your parents. Because A, if you have been a parent, then you know how hard it is. So and if you haven't, then good luck, because it's the hardest thing ever to figure out how to parent children and do a good job. You're going to screw up in some way. So just get used to that. But B, if you have stuff that you're still blaming your parents for, you also have, as an adult, an opportunity to choose a different path, choose a different narrative, think in a different way. There's so many other options that you could choose rather than just like wallowing in the past and blaming things in the past. And that doesn't necessarily even just go for your childhood or blaming your parents. That's one that I just think is kind of silly because as imperfect as your parents probably were, because all of us are, you and I are definitely, Neil, like we're just making mistakes all the time and apologizing to our kids all the time for things. Like I had to apologize the other day for, I was getting mad at one of my kids and she said, I feel like all I'm, I just have been getting in trouble all morning. Everyone's getting mad at me and we were in a rush to get to church and later that day i sat down next to her on the couch and said hey i'm glad you said something and i'm really sorry that everybody was getting mad at you and that i was getting mad at you and and i shouldn't have done that and i was wrong and i'm sorry and we're just going to make mistakes and that's okay but whatever you feel like is holding you back from your past whether that's something that happened in your childhood or a bad relationship or an ex or a traumatic situation, there's also always an opportunity to learn, grow, develop. Like I said, read a book, go to therapy if you can afford it. Whatever you need to do to take that, learn from it, and move on. Move the heck on. Because you don't have to sit in the past. You are not a tree. You can move. (laughs) The next one was one that you brought up about telling our kids get used to it this is the way it's going to be and that is
1: no i think with the phone of like hey listen you're going to see all of your little buddies are going to have these phones and just do with... it you're not going to have a phone just just be get used to being the kid that people are like what you don't have a phone well, actually,
0: our that, kids kid? do have phones, but they are only really for our convenience to be able to yeah, you communicate. Can
1: call like three people <laughs> and you can text us and the three people and that's pretty much it. But it's great
0: for us because yeah. we can say, hey, it's when the, it's time to get picked up from something or when we're trying to coordinate a pickup with them, we can call them or text them. But they're not open-ended mm-hmm. iPhones or phones that they can just sit and text their friends on or cruise the Internet on. And I'm like, that's not going to happen for a while. And it's a very unpopular opinion. Most parents are handing their kids phones very, very early.
1: But what happens when they get older and then you, you they get a phone that has it all open? What about then?
0: Well, yeah, at some point you do have to hand your kid a phone. And I actually think that...
1: I'll just throw that out because this is like some of the things that you hear. We're like, well, they're going to get one sooner. Like they just got to learn how to live in a technologically advanced world. Totally
0: agree with that. Yep. And at the same time, a little kid doesn't need an open-ended iPhone. I just think it's like you don't let your kid go swim in the ocean before they're ready. Like you know what the dangers are. You give them plenty of time. You allow for them to become more mature. We don't hand a ten-year-old car keys. It's not because cars are evil. It's because they're just not ready for it, and it's just okay. Like the mental to, development, the yeah,
1: maturity is not there for them to understand how to operate something of that nature. And so, I, I mean, you got to yeah. do
0: what's right for you and what feels That's right in your family and whatever. Family, but right. our unpopular opinion is our kids aren't going to be having like phones that have open-ended internet and social media and stuff like that for a long time. And I'm okay with that because the moms that I know who have said that their teens are really struggling with social media, they started really young and just got sucked into that. And so again, like you got to do what's best for you, but for us, we're okay to be like the odd parents out whose kids don't have, they aren't just texting their friends and looking stuff up on YouTube or whatever. I mean, my daughter asked if she could have YouTube kids and I'm like, YouTube kids does not do it for me. That's not enough. I'm not going to trust YouTube to filter this enough for you to be safe. And that's just what our unpopular opinion again is. And it's okay if other people don't want to parent that way. This isn't to say everybody should do it the way we do it, but I'm just saying I'm okay to be different. And to be somebody that does things differently than the majority of all the other people, especially when you look at the world like that, that was what was so shocking for me to see the reactions to the reel that I did about like, hey, if you have little girls, here's a couple songs that you can pop out and take a bathroom break and how upsetting that was to so many people. And I'm just like, look, it's fine. Like, you don't have to agree with me. We're going to do things the way that we feel good about whether you agree with it or not. Last one that I wanted to bring up, and this is probably going to be the most unpopular opinion of all of the ones I've brought up, is the narrative down with the patriarchy. And specifically, we saw this in the Barbie movie. There is a Taylor Swift song that references it. It's very much this narrative out in the world right now that men leading things is what's wrong with the world and we need to reverse all of that. And there is to a certain degree a lot of that that I agree with as far as like let's give women equal pay, let's give women equal opportunities. But where I where I disagree with the narrative swinging too far to the other side is when we start making men look dumb and useless the Barbie movie went extreme on that. And I know a lot of people didn't like it for that reason. And I'm actually not hating on the Barbie movie. I thought it was really funny. And I looked at it as satire. But I do know that there are people who just want to basically dissolve gender and make it something that is like, let's just equalize everything. And again, like I I believe in men and women having equal opportunities, but where I am not on board is saying that we shouldn't recognize differences and they don't need to exist. Because to me, and it would be really interesting actually to have our friends Henry and Tara Namar on the podcast because they do a beautiful job of explaining polarity and like feminine energy and masculine energy. But I just really believe that those differences are necessary in this world. And That they're beautiful and in so many ways to be celebrated, and not while we're trying to give women equal opportunities, let's not just dissolve the wonderful things that men bring to this world the strength and the masculinity. And so that's my unpopular opinion. I feel like I would probably get eaten alive in a lot of crowds saying that, and people would just have really visceral reactions to that kind of a narrative but i just really believe that there's a reason why we have gender and we were born with gender and why it's an essential part of our world and why the yin and the yang need to exist and why like that's what's literally required to bring life to this world like you you actually cannot create life without both genders so it's, that's something that I'm sure is just going to be extremely unpopular with a lot of people. But for me, I'm like, okay, yes, let's fight for equality and let's not just dissolve the beautiful differences of gender.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously being a, a man, a male myself, I'm growing up and understanding, I, I, totally understand and see the the challenges and issues that have come about that people are speaking to and I think it from for my thought process it comes down to those extremes I think if any side taken to the extreme is not a good thing you can go and and really the way that the world has worked for the last I don't know several I don't know maybe a long time I'm not gonna quantify it but but yeah it's been been kind of a, a patriarchy type of, of order depending on where you're at in the world and and what time that you've been here on the earth um, and where you live and where you live and that actually can change depending what region on of the world mm-hmm. in the world that actually can differ greatly but here in in the United States of America at this particular time it's been a certain way. And there are, yeah, there are a lot of issues with that, and and it's not, I, I mean, what they're speaking to, and and I think of the song you reference with Taylor Swift, like what she's speaking to. A lot of the things that she's referencing are things that are seriously wrong with like male dominant, like the I don't know if you want to call it the patriarchy or, or some of those thought lines and ways of thinking that I grew grew up hearing and surrounded by. I'm like, yeah, that is not cool. That's not right. And I hope, and I think we are making headway. I think we're, we're making. No, you are.
0: You've definitely taken things that the last generation thought and have broken those generational barriers of, okay, it was done this way, this way, this way. And then now our family looks different. Yeah. Than- well, no,
1: I, th- I think as a society too, like it's, the issues are being raised. And I think that not, obviously not everyone, but a lot of people are like, hey, this isn't right like the way that we've done this as men is not cool and a lot of the literature that's coming out or books is supporting that saying like we need to change this and we need to to really do a better job and then for me personally i've tried to really be adaptable and moldable to be like look i'm going to set aside some of these these things that that have really are not kind of Set that they're more things that are kind of a cultural development expectation or roles that that people think in their minds, but it, it's really not
0: Necessary. absolute truth, right? And, and there's so many things should, that it's uh, like, what? Why do we do it that way? Why? Why are only men doing this or that? So, but what I was trying to do is give you props for being very open minded and being a supporter of a huge supporter of a woman. Yeah. It's um, being, yeah, being, and, and being unconventional and I've always felt really supported by you. And that is like a generational mold that in both of our families we've broken where it was for so long, a certain way since the industrial revolution before that, it was like men and women just worked side by side and everybody pitched in. But and I'm not saying that stay-at-home mothers don't work. They work tirelessly. But I'm just saying that as far as that for, for word, many, many years where it was just a mold, where it was a mold, especially in the society that Neil and I grew up in, where it was like the man goes out and works all day long, the woman works in the home with her children, and, and that's just the way it is. You've been really supportive and championed the idea that we're going to do this differently, and it's okay if it looks different in our family. So... Trying to give you some props for being supportive in that way. I think what f- makes me feel gross, it doesn't feel good, is while we're propping women up, let's tear men down. That's what I don't agree with. Like, yeah. let's let's make men look stupid in order to give women the edge and push them to the top. Like, we don't need to do that. We can We can celebrate the differences. We can give women more opportunities. Absolutely. Like, I'm all for that. And let's also celebrate the differences and the amazing things that men bring to the world. Because in my opinion, my unpopular, in many circumstances, opinion, they're both necessary. And they both bring something to the table that are different and that together we make so many cool things happen, like life, for you know, for starters, like, you know, creating literally an embryo and a child and all of that happens with a male and a female so anyway wrapping this up we don't all have to think the same we don't all have to believe the same but what I hope for you is that you will feel the courage to believe how you believe and not feel the need to crumble to the pressure of society to fit in to look a certain way to sound politically correct in everything that you do Absolutely, we want to be kind, tolerant, thoughtful. Like That's a huge point of why we do mentor messages is to hear from many different perspectives and to expand our horizons and think differently and be open-minded. At the same time, if you believe in something, even if it's unpopular, it's okay to be different. And the world needs more of that, more people who are going to stand for something because in the words of one of my heroes, Gordon B. Hinckley, If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.